And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brave Maker online experience. My name is Tony Gapastone, and I get to be the founder and the executive director of Brave Maker. And wow, yeah, week 10 or 11, whatever it is, of shelter in place. And we are at the end of May here. And I wanted to do a live video. We actually were supposed to do a filmmaker chat today, but things uh, had to get rearranged. And I wanted to quickly communicate a apology because we uh, at Brave Maker had a snafu that didn't happen. We've been doing this for almost 10 weeks now and everything has been running smoothly. And uh, then yesterday, after hours and hours of work and coordination and organization, we, with our filmmakers, had to get things changed up. And so we apologize to all of our subscribers. You got an email yesterday with the hopes to be able to watch a couple films. And then we, were, we had to pull those because our filmmakers were a little concerned about piracy. And um, yeah, we own that because we had thought we had communicated everything we needed to communicate. And one small thing kind of threw a wrench and all that stuff. So we will work to improve and make sure that does not happen again. Uh, you will get an email if you are on our subscriber list today with an updated um, slate of films that will be available for you to watch for free. And then we will talk with those said filmmakers on Friday here live. So again, go to bravemaker.com slash buzz if you are not on that subscriber list. And if you've already subscribed, I, I felt so bad because I got a handful of emails, some that I've been able to respond to, some that I have not who uh, uh, wanted to watch the films and were wondering what had happened. And so I'll tell you what, one thing that this did tell me is people do read their emails. So thank you for that. Sometimes you do all this work and you're like, is it doing any good? Does anybody care? Is anybody watching? We see the numbers, we see the reports, but we don't know, like, are they real? So they're real when you hear from your patrons that uh, you missed out or you didn't get what you needed. And so I see that and hear that. I'm sorry. I'm also thankful that so many of you care um, for Brave Maker and for our work because our work exists to elevate brave stories for justice, diversity, and inclusion. And although we don't have films to discuss today at this very moment, we are going to have another special discussion. So stand by for that. So I also, before I welcome my co-host today, I want to say thank you to one of our sponsors, Premier Capital in downtown Redwood City. You know, we are a 501c3 nonprofit and we cannot do this work without support. Um, I, I was just super grateful that Premia came on with us early on before the pandemic stuff started and has been able to stay with us throughout. So a huge thank you to Premia and to Nikon and to Redwood City Parks and Arts Foundation and 
Currently, the Jacques M. Littlefield Foundation gave us a grant that is going to be matched. So if you can, would you consider donating to our nonprofit? Uh, because all of the donations will be matched up to $25,000 uh, this month. There's only one week left of this month. So I w- would appreciate that. Our, our team appreciates that. We, you know, I have heard of some sad news of some organizations that aren't able to move forward. And that makes me just, you know concern and for, for the arts especially arts organizations take a hit we definitely want to support first responders and those who are helping those in uh, under-resourced communities with things like food and shelter so gosh i bless that where all those monies go to that at the same time i hope we can support the arts uh, which are just as viable to help us cope and process and heal and grieve and escape and uh, find the entertainment we need so uh, you can go to bravemaker.com slash donate to give today. Everything will be matched. We're looking for some more corporate sponsors and some more individual donors. The donors can give uh, one-time gifts or become a monthly donor, like give five, 10, a thousand a month, whatever you can give would be greatly appreciated. So let me welcome my co-host and my friend, Christina Jackson. Hi, Christina. Hello. Thank you for having me. As always. Yeah, Christina has been a part of the Brave Maker community for over uh, a year now. So glad that we connected actually at a Brave Maker event. Uh, our headquarters is in Redwood City. Uh, we rent an office from a church building and we use this church building for a screening of a documentary called I'll Push You, which is about two best friends who went on a 60-day hike. One of them happened to be in a wheelchair. And our friend, my friend Christina, came to that event in her crown and all her glory because she was Miss Wheelchair 2018. That, so she, is, hey, that was so wonderful. That was my um, one of my first red carpet events and I got to meet you there and I almost didn't make it to that event. I actually had pneumonia and I was very much under the weather and my good friend and mentor, Fernanda Castello, insisted I had to meet <laughs> and I had to meet Tony and I did and We've been working together ever since and rocking and rolling and the arts keep me going. So absolutely, you know, if you're in a position to donate and support Brave Maker, please, please do. Uh, yeah, you can definitely check out my website, see what I'm up to. Uh, as far as the arts go, I'm, I'm a writer, I'm an actor, I'm a singer, and uh, I'm home doing self-auditions and writing a comic book. And, uh, and we have actually just joined the Brave Maker podcast family. And Christine Burke, Miss Realtor California 2020, and myself will be launching a podcast this summer. Have not settled on a name yet. We've played around with some ideas. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard that, but yeah, this is actually a the, the teasing out of some new things that Brave Maker is trying to expand on. So because of the pandemic, obviously we don't have our live uh, events. By the way, Lisa from Kansas says hello. I love that. Hi, Lisa. If you're watching, we welcome you to pitch in questions, thoughts. Uh, we'll happily engage with them along the way. But Braidmaker, you know, we're just about hitting our second year of of life, and we have been really focused in this niche of public screenings and film festivals. Well, obviously, those are not here uh, for some time. Uh, we thought we were going to have our film festival in September. We have not made an official announcement yet, but as things look, we're, we're not sure uh, about that. It might be a smaller scale down experience, not as big as we had in the past, but we'll see. But because of the reality of not having events publicly, we have to find different ways to 
tell stories and elevate brave uh, storytellers. And um, one of the things that we're also trying to raise money for is we want to build our own back end to our website where we can host more content, more media that would be protected as filmmakers. I think Vimeo links and stuff, I know I'm a filmmaker. I've used them for years upon years. I think they're completely safe. And as my friend Alex Ferrari from Indie Film Hustle says, when you get pirated, pirated that means you've made it. So sometimes yeah. pi- pi- piracy isn't a bad thing, uh, but I'm not too worried about it, but I know some filmmakers are, and I, I respect that and I'll want to honor those wishes. So we do need to find an alternate way to host our filmmakers and possibly even distribute some of this content that is being made and these documentaries and narratives, short and feature length. So your donations will actually help us build that. But the other thing that we're trying to do is expand our podcast presence. So we have, obviously, we have the Holy uh, Cannoli podcast, which is my personal podcast around faith and spirituality, the sacred and the strange. Uh, but we also have the, the Brave Maker podcast. And the Brave Maker podcast is a podcast in which Christina has participated on. Um, but they, these are all under the umbrella uh, of Brave Maker. So if you're into faith type of things, you can go and check that out. Uh, if you are into uh, talking about screenwriting and scripts and storytelling, you can go check out the Brave Maker podcast. Now, what's interesting about our hope for um, the podcast space is that we would be able to support storytellers like Christina Jackson and Christine Burke, which is so funny. They both have similar names. They're both Miss Wheelchair Californias. But yeah. we want to, um, yeah, we want to launch out into the space where people can, you know, hear the storytellers and, and hear uh, d- uh, dialogue and interviews with people. So, Christina, talk a little bit about, you know, obviously there's no name yet, but talk no. about what you and Christine are thinking about when it comes to the stories and conversations you want to have on the new podcast that's coming out under Brave Maker. Absolutely. So I'm so excited to be collaborating with Christine Burt. She is also an actor. She's in the arts. She's a theater person. She has a background in so much of the area of writing and everything that comes together with putting on a fantastic show, which she actually did, uh, I want to say last weekend, she did a Disney sing-along show. And she put that whole thing together, which is so amazing because she's doing her reign virtually. So I can only imagine how difficult that is. And I think she's doing a spectacular job. Of bringing the arts uh, using Instagram Live. But our show, we definitely will be talking about uh, disability. Like, I think our tagline might be putting disability back in diversity. So we're definitely going to be talking a lot of disability issues, but also the arts and how it impacts our community, what we're doing in the arts. Uh, Just another little teaser, we will be acting out scenes. Uh, so that should be really cool. And we just want the show to be really lively, really interactive and really informative about what life is like for people with different abilities in the arts and just in general. So it should be really, it's going to be fun. Christina, I know that we have uh, talked a little bit about sort of the direction that it's, by the way, you see me like patting my face. I'm like sweating. It's so hot in California. Uh, I don't know what it's like in Kansas, uh, Lisa, but um, <laughs> we are sweating here. I have no air. I'm not a, you can't do a fan because it would block the, the sound. Anyway, so forgive my, um, my southern, uh, southern pet over here. <laughs> it's like 96 degrees here. 
Mamma mia. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a little bit about sort of the direction of your podcast. And Jessica uh, Musgrave, who is on our Brave Maker team, uh, said she's excited to see what you're going to do on the podcast. Uh, I know the first episode or two, you're going to talk a little bit about your stories, right? And what your yeah. stories look like and how this intersects into the narrative of uh, disability and the arts and diversity. Um, what do you think, you know, for, for you right now, as you're kind of looking at your life, I know, you know I work closely with you, so I know that there's a lot of stuff you have going on. Like you're spinning a lot of plates, you know, in your advocacy work, in your artistic work. Can you just uh, bring up to speed our viewers and listeners about some of the things that you're, you're doing? I know you just booked a role and a feature film coming up, but yeah, just share a little bit more about the work that you're doing in your platform. I did. So first and foremost is always advocacy. And uh, just recently I got to do a fundraiser for the Byron Rustin Coalition out of San Francisco, which is Champion Equality. Uh, you and I are going to get into a little bit later racial inequality. And just to backtrack a little bit back to the podcast. So Christine Burke is white and I am black and we are coming together and we will be tackling the tough issues, not just disability related, but race related uh, in regards to women uh, what life is like just being different. Uh, I will, another little thing I will say, Christine was born with a different ability. I was injured at 19. So we're going to try to marry these very different backgrounds together in an effort for people to understand who we are and uh, just to understand the importance of equality across the board, you know, so that we're all on equal footing and we don't have these stories that we've been reading in the news lately. Uh, so yeah, so I'm doing the self auditions. I, I just landed a role. I'm really excited about that. We're shooting the summer sometime in San Francisco. I just finished the first very rough draft of a comic book. Should I say the title? Should I wait? Yeah, say it. Okay, so I wrote a comic book called Minty: The Advent, The Adolescent Adventures of Harriet Tubman, and I'm very oh, excited right. about that. And I included a mission statement, which I don't know people do for books, but I have a business background, so I always do a mission statement. And my objective for this comic book is to end racism, you know, at the very least start the conversation. And it's wild, you know, everything that's going on now. And it felt kind of like reaching to write that, but I was like, that's in your heart. It's been so heavy on my heart. And I know it seems unattainable to so many, but so did slavery. Mm. You know, many never believed that slavery would come to an end. And so I, I just have to believe that we can end racism and we can do it together. You know, Brave Maker, if you're just tuning in, uh, Brave Maker's mission is to elevate brave stories for justice, diversity, and inclusion. And if you have a story in which you're trying to write and get on the page, we do have a weekly Zoom uh, workshop at 3 p.m. on Thursdays, Pacific time. You can go to our website to find out more information about that or just, you know, give me an email and I'm happy happy to give you some more information about that. But we definitely want to develop storytellers uh, like Christina who are trying to get these stories for, to bring awareness and to help people take action. Yes. Um, class, if you're, go ahead. Well, I was just saying the class, the workshop's fantastic. I'm in the class, Christine Burke's in the class. We're all in there and it is a very safe space to learn and grow at whatever stage you're in. I'm super green. This is the first time I've ever written anything like a script uh, because it is a comic book. I wrote it in a script form first. Um, but we're just all there together learning and growing and Tony leads the way and we're glad to have his expertise. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we've got somebody who's uh, giving you a little nudge, nudge. Can you say the name of the movie you're going to be in? That no. might be the director. That might be the director of the movie you're going to be in. Who's asking? Oh, the Stow Lake film is the feature. Is it a feature film? Is that feature film? Goes to Stow Lake. Learning my lingo. Yeah, so it's gonna be a fantastic film. And I actually, I don't know if someone could like type this into the chat. I think I just stumbled upon uh, the slave who I don't know how much I mean. I like I don't know how much she would want me to say. But there is a there is a myth, you know, about a slave that haunts a certain area of San Francisco. I'll put it that way. But it's based on a true person, a slave that escaped, came to the West Coast, was successful in the gold rush, became a millionaire, if you could even imagine, you know, so it, it should be awesome. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. So Nicole, uh, who is chiming in right now, you see her her name there. She put the the link to her film. Yeah, so we are we're gonna promote that film. Uh, this is the beautiful thing about the, the creative industry. Relationships are so important. And Nicole was on one of our Brave Maker calls a week, couple weeks ago, talking about the film. I said, "Hey, have you casted all of your parts for this Ghost of Stow Lake film?" And she said, "No." I said, "I have somebody I'd love you to consider." Bing, bang, boom. Christina gets a role in this full-length feature film. So, yeah, if you're unfamiliar with terms, uh, there are short films, usually 45 minutes or less. Most short films are 20-ish minutes. But if a film is 44 minutes and 59 seconds, that's considered a short film. If it's 45 minutes and one second, it's considered a feature film. It's kind of weird. But so short films are obviously short in length. Feature films are long in length, usually an hour and a half, two hours. And then you've got your documentary, which are about true stories, and your narrative, fictional narrative, which are um, fiction or based on true stories, but not quite. Okay, so thank you to Nicole. And uh, you've got her her saying, Mary Ellen Pleasant needs her own movie. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, there you go. Okay, that's very cool. Okay. There you go. It's, I'm excited. So, so Nicole and Christina are going to be working together. I'm really excited about that. Nicole is the writer-director of The Ghost of... Ooh. I lost you, Tony. Can you guys still hear me? Very unpleasant. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what's really cool about The Ghost of Stow Lake? It's literary fiction. And that's kind of the arena that I'm in right now. So I, I like that. It gives you a little leeway, but it makes it like so intriguing. Like what? You know, she did so, that. She did it. So go follow uh, Nicole. Thanks for, for chiming in, Nicole, yeah, and putting the, the link to your film. I'm excited that you two get to work together. And it all happened because of Rape Maker. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we are we're, we're about storytelling. If you're just uh, tuning in, I'm Tony Gapastone. And we are trying to impact culture here. The work, the work, um, it's work. It's, it's a good work. It takes a lot of work. As I was saying earlier when we started, um, even just getting out our emails uh, every week, collecting all the information, our team trying to communicate to filmmakers, uh, it is an undertaking. And we are, we're doing it because we love it. We love film. We love the power of the arts to impact culture. Thanks to Robertino, who's on our team as well. Uh, saying hello you rock we want to keep doing this work and the the work of diversity justice and inclusion does take a toll and uh, i want you uh, as you listen here 
to stay with us because Christine and I wanted to talk since we didn't have the films to discuss uh, today right here at this hour here on Wednesday when we're doing this, we wanted to just talk about just current events because uh, Brave Maker exists to m- make us aware, but also help us to take action to become more just humans, more inclusive people, more diverse beings who share the space empathetically, lovingly, graciously, kindly with others. So, uh, and we know that this conversation is not easy to have when it talks, when we talk about racism, when we talk about uh, anti-blackness, when we talk about headlines that are on the news. Uh, I think it even costs relationships to have these conversations uh, with anybody. Um, I know, I know putting this stuff out on social media it, it could cause an aversion, you know, to some people and it ruffles feathers. And I, I totally get that. And there's often ways that we can mince words and have miscommunications. And so we're tr- I want to try to speak plainly and humbly uh, yeah. for things that I know I need to learn today. Uh, things I'm hoping if you're watching this either live or on the replay that you and all, all of us can be come active uh, in the, the fight to treat all people with equity, especially people with brown and black skin. So um, this has been an interesting week. We've had two different stories, uh, one coming out of Central Park in New York, where a woman, a white woman, accused a black man of threatening her, who was just simply asking her to put her dog on a leash in an area where dogs were supposed to be unleashed to protect the wildlife, specifically the birds in that area. And and the man, Chris Cooper, was birdwatching. And uh, I'm not going to name her name. I'm not going to um, show the video uh, today or show pictures, even of anything, because I know these things can be traumatic, especially to the black community. But what I do want to comment in on this first story is uh, white privilege and white supremacy. And these stories, um, we need to take heart. As a white person, I take responsibility for the way that my words can affect literally affect death upon another person's upon a black person's life uh, by making a phone call in which I accuse uh, a black person of, of harm. And uh, if you haven't seen the story, you know, look it up, uh, look up Chris Cooper, Central Park, it'll, it'll, it'll come up. But Christina, you posted about this. You posted, I think your post was, we can't even watch birds now yeah, uh, or something that affects you. You know, you, you made a little joke about it, but there's weight to that, right? There's a tremendous weight and, and humor, you know, for black people, not that I'm going to speak for everyone, but for myself, it's how, you know, we deal with challenging situations. But yeah, it's like, we can't even birdwatch. Like, this is something so just simple in the park. You know, you think about areas that you should avoid as a black person and things that you shouldn't do not to incite someone who is racist like the woman with the dog from doing something that could cost you your life like that's always on the forefront of our mind and that's actually what i was posting about on facebook it's like we're all here now together a global pandemic and people are suffering they feel isolated and lonely and afraid and there's so much stress and you don't know where you can go and if it's safe and you could just go to the grocery store and it could cost you your life and saying that now is like oh my god that's horrendous and it is horrendous but that's how black Americans have been living every day for hundreds of years. Can't go to the grocery store. You can't go for a jog. And now we can't even bird watch, you mm. know? So it's just, it's gone too far. And 
what I want to do is just, if you have been shying away, turn squarely really and face this, what's going on now with racism, face the inequality across the board for, for everyone and really take a position, you know, because saying that, well, I'm not racist and then ignoring the issue, are you part of the solution or part of the problem? I think now that we have this time and we are alone, we should all really try to dig deep and look in the mirror and look at ourselves and look at our beliefs and our biases and our prejudices because we're all, you know, capable of doing things that are what we would feel beneath us, not in alignment with our morals and our values. And so we should keep that, you know, in the forefront of our mind, but really just take a, a stand against racism and say, I am an anti-racist. Not that I'm, I'm just not a racist. I don't condone what they're doing. No, I, I'll stand up and say, this isn't right. This is why. And this is the direction we should be moving in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I sent you like an image of a book that I stumbled upon. I just started it earlier today. Uh, it's called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Abram X. Kendi. And it's very interesting. And I think since we're all home, my suggestion would be, and this is what, what we do here at our house, we get the books on Audible. Uh, we got Becoming by Michelle Obama on Audible. And we just come together so and we listen. We're all in the house yeah. together. It's something everyone can do together. And we take notes and we listen. We have a conversation. And that is where I think the end of racism is going to come from. People like you and I having this conversation. Conversations are yeah necessary. And to do it humbly, right? To be able to say... Right. Like, so me as a white person, I need to listen. I need to acknowledge where my defenses rise up, you know, because at one point I might've heard you say, you can't, you know, go to the grocery store and I might've like shrugged that off and go, Oh, come right. on. You're overreacting. I might have done that. Like, that's the denial. My, yeah. I can't do that anymore. And I'm, I'm really hoping and asking for my uh, white community to stand up, to, to speak out about this, to, re- to recognize how we as white people can weaponize a person with black or brown skin just with our words. And also recognize like these videos that we've seen time and time again, these pictures of um, black bodies devastatedly beaten or whatever i don't even want to use those words i don't want to cause more trauma and oppression in people's lives but do we care you know i heard i heard i'll just quote my friend andre henry not quote him but acknowledged he was talking yesterday and he doesn't think white people care about the black violence and I, i think he's right i think there's a sense of not are we numb to it but i think it's just too easy to turn the channel it's too easy to ignore it it's too easy to not acknowledge that these things are happening and hope that they go away, but we can't anymore, you know, to our white, to my white community, we have to speak out. We have to bring awareness. We have to protest. We have to not, this is a not okay. And we have to care. We so, have to, yeah. go and, ahead. I, and, I, and I think that white people do, I want to go back to an event when we were all still able to gather and we got to watch burden and Burden, you know, was addressing racial inequality. And you had a white person who was a white supremacist and you had a black minister. And they came together and achieved something remarkable. And that happened, was that in the 70s that that took place? Because it's based on a true story. It was the 90s. That was the 90s. That was yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, 20 years ago, yeah. 90s, and they came together to achieve something, and they had to put their differences aside. And it was, if you haven't seen this film, when you have the opportunity to, you have to see Burden. And it was tremendous what they did, what they had to face, their fears that they had to face of imminent danger for their own lives, Mm -hmm. both of them, the white and the black men in the movie. But I, I think white people care. I know black people care. And I think what the issue is, we don't know what to do. We don't, and when we don't know what to do, we just want to look the other way because it's just like, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm frustrated with this. I'm growing numb with this. Like the, like what's going on with the coronavirus? No, really, no one knows what to do. And so sometimes it's like you wake up in the morning and it's like, am I getting out of bed? Like for what? What can I do to have an impact on this issue? People feel just as helpless when it comes to racism. Well, what could I possibly do to put an end to racism? Like it's been here for so long. It's never going to go away. And I say start with education. You have this time. You are, you know, we are staying at home. You have so much time to give yourself a world-class, like, self-education and, and really just start understanding racism to really understand how to combat it. I'm so glad that you um, brought that up. There was an article that was going around again this week, yesterday, today. Uh, it's, like, three years old. I remember when I first saw it, I had a different response to it. I, I felt like what can I do? This seems so overwhelming, but now I'm way more motivated. Um, it's by Corinne Shattuck and it's, uh, this is for white people, 75 things white people can do for racial justice. Uh, we will post this in a, um, uh, in the chat and I will, um, encourage you all white people to find, to list and find things. And I'm also going to, uh, address that um, <laughs> in the comments, even I, I see non-black white people uh, who we don't you don't understand how racist certain comments can be. So even if somebody pushes back and says, "I don't know anybody who doesn't care about black people," it just feels like it, it's diminishing the conversation that we're trying to have. That you don't need to say, I, I, I have black friends or I care, then act upon it and actively, actively do the things that are going on. Call your city representatives as Corinne encourages. See if police officers in your city, in your community are required to wear uh, body cameras. Do the due diligence. We can easily be social media activists, but if we're not really doing those things and we're not known for doing those things. And one of my, one of my favorite things um, I heard someone say is you shouldn't call yourself an ally. Let other people call you an ally. And I remember hearing that going, Oh wow. Like I could say I'm an ally all I want, but if nobody recognizes me as an ally, then I'm not an ally. So white people, I know we have the capacity to do good. I know, I know we're smart and this is not about shaming or guilting anybody. It's about taking on the conviction and the responsibility and recognizing we have failed as a society. These systemic injustices are on us, are on me. I'm not pointing a finger. I, I feel a responsibility for uh, the society that we have in which black people are still being lynched today. These are modern day lynchings. So you might think that people don't care. You might think that you care, but then what, how, how do you care? Show that. Can you look at this list of 75 things and say you're doing something today, one thing a day, one thing a week, one thing a month? Uh, again, I don't want, I'm not a guilt person and I don't think shame works, but love and responsibility love. does. And, uh, I know I, I lose connections because of this. I, I'm okay with that. Even Brave Maker 
we didn't get certain supporters. We lost the support of a church because we were advocating for LGBTQ rights. Mm. Um, I think there are many people who are afraid to take stands on racial issues. I, I get it because I was there too. I was hesitant. I don't want to get in fights. I, I feel like I'm tiptoeing, but I'm throwing that to the wind. If, if, if we are offending, then I don't know. That's okay. God will provide what we need. God will provide what we need. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up as someone part of the LGBTQ community. It has to be equality for all. You know, this isn't a black and white thing. You know what I mean? There's inequality. There's groups of us being marginalized, you know, in different ways every day. So we have to just keep and I and I'm glad that you do that, you know, risk losing supporters, you know, religious supporters because you're supporting, you know, the queer community. Because you have to be in alignment with what you believe. And if you believe in equality for black and white people, then you should believe in equality for everyone, regardless of their sexual orientation, their gender, their skin color. Like, you have to be about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. commend you for that, Tony. And I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. And and it's, you know, a place I, I hope we can all get to, you know? We can say, mm-hmm. this is who I am. And, and it's fine. Just start appreciating each other's differences instead of being afraid of them. Yeah. Seems like it's all coming down to prejudices. And just to go back to, you know, I'm now in a wheelchair, but I wasn't for 19 years. And I had so many prejudices about the disability community. I had so much ableist ideas that I had to learn and educate myself. It was those like deep seated ideas and thoughts and ableist beliefs that really caused me the most trauma after becoming paralyzed. Not even the actual, you know, life with paralysis, but all the misconceptions I had, all the prejudices I had. So, yeah, we're all, we're not here to judge. Like, we're very humbling, humbly approaching this issue of racism. You know, we're all capable of, of doing something terrible, so we shouldn't be judging. We should just be, like you said, loving and, and informing one another and sharing information that's helpful and trying to move the needle forward with equality. And lives are at stake as we do this, right? Okay. Lives are literally at stake. People will either be alive or dead based on our silence or not, I think. I think, you know, regarding racial violence, uh, also regarding women, right? Uh, this week we were supposed to be having a conversation around the protection of women through a documentary, um, which I'm sad we didn't get a chance to do it, but I still want to elevate too in this conversation that women are still an oppressed community, yeah. Uh, marginalized community in our world. Um, men, mm-hmm. can I ask you to acknowledge that? To talk about this? Talk about how, I'll talk about it for myself. I have benefited from a patriarchal society. I've benefited from white supremacy. I've benefited from a straight, cisgender, heteronormative uh, way of life. And I really feel a responsibility to speak about this. And I think. Again, for my kids, I'm thinking, I think about for adults and people, I, I want to see lives change, but I know our children are watching. And mm-hmm. so even as you're commenting, about, what's that? Watching and they're emulating. Yeah, they're watching. They're seeing how we attack this. They're seeing how we talk about this. They're seeing how we comment about this. You know, um, LGBTQ kids are looking at their leaders, uh, world leaders, their faith leaders, their family leaders, their neighbors, their school teachers. How do they handle such issues about uh, gender equity and sexual orientation, uh, acceptance and inclusion? Um, if, you know, if your comments even in this post today seem like they're coming from a defensive place, it might be something to be aware of and go, how, yeah. how what's the, what is in me? I believe we all have things inside yeah. of us that we, we need to, that we need to address. And I hope we can do it with 
peace and patience. Thank you to uh, Corey, who said, if we aren't offending, we aren't learning. Uh, she said, aren't. Um, yeah, I think sometimes we could, uh, I've had people who use that, uh, like, I don't care what people say, I'm going to offend everybody because we're learning it. And I don't want to get to that extreme. But I think we have to live in such a way that we don't really um, let what people might think of us, the end results, you know, how we might look in the end prevent us from doing what we think is right. And sometimes, um, you know, what is not right, uh, sorry, what is right isn't always the easy thing to do. (laughs) And that's sometimes what we have to get over is are we willing to do what is hard because sometimes that's usually what is right mm-hmm. yeah can i read a martin luther king jr quote this is not one of his famous ones but i think it's really profound especially for the conversation that we're having right now every man of humane convictions must decide on the protest that best suits his convictions but we must all protest so we have to stop turning away turning off the tv the podcast turning off whatever is informing you of something that is difficult for you to face. Like I'm asking you to turn and face it head on and really look within yourself to see what part of you is reacting negatively towards it and why, you know, mm-hmm. do you, do you feel like you're not empowered? Cause I feel like that's always maybe like the root cause when we ignore issues is that we don't feel like we're empowered in that area. We don't feel like we can have impact. And so we don't want to deal with, you know, feeling deficient or like there's lack within us. So Yeah, that's really humbling because I think sometimes what prevents me is I am afraid to say the the right. I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. I don't want to be judged uh, for even trying, you know. But I think stepping forward is going to come. We're we're going to fail. It's okay, you know. And I know social media um, isn't the best place at always to do it, but we can start there. And just be aware, you don't need to come in, you know, guns blazing and trying to, you know, do all the damage possible. But just by saying things like, hey, Black Lives Matter, I know gets a response from people uh, or just posting about George Floyd. So we didn't even talk about that. But a man who lost his life this week under the knee of a police officer in Minnesota. And right now in Minnesota, there are riots, there are protests going for good reason, demanding justice uh, for a man who was accused of uh, forging a forgery, uh, who did not resist arrest, who was then handcuffed. And for seven, eight, nine minutes, uh, the, the weight of a 200 pound man, an authority in his neck, a knee in his neck while he breathed, while he screamed for his mother, while he screamed, I can't breathe while I screamed for help. And people tried to, it, these things are so traumatizing to the black community, which one of my friends posted and pointed out yesterday. And I take this to heart because I've done this in the past. Uh, we white people have to be careful with how we repost these stories and reshare these stories, especially in video form. Uh, I know that this is another way that black community are re-traumatized. My friend said every time she sees these videos and stories, it's like she can't help but envision it's her dad or her brother. And so that's a, an awareness that we have to have is how do we, Christina, we'll come back in a second. Um, How we, as the, the white community share these, these stories, we have to be really careful with that because we could be causing more pain and, um, oppression so i'm just uh, thankful 
that I can learn from those of you uh, in the black community who are doing this work. It's not your job. It's not your job, black friends and family. It's not your job to tell me, uh, to make me anti-racist. It's not. And I think you know, to my white friends, to my white family, we've got to let the black community off the hook for trying to teach us and tell us what it's like. That's more marginalizing to the black community when we cross our arms. Even I just would, I'll just say this to, um, you know, to myself, to white people like myself, when we're engaging in these conversations and we want to ask questions or, you know, ask for evidence or ask for black advocates to defend their experience. Even that reflects the racism within us, within me. You know, we might ask the questions like, well, was there a justification to that officer's arrest? Did that person have a record? Um, any type of question that we ask that might put that victim uh, on trial again or put a black person on trial to defend their racist experience communicates that we have a bias within ourselves that we can't accept. We can't believe a black person. The same goes with uh, a woman who shares about her harassment and how we put that woman on trial. So I say that humbly to my white friends and family and to our brave maker community. This is part of the work that we exist to do is to elevate these conversations. I know it's hard uh, and I know we'd rather avoid it, but it's so necessary because it'll do good for us and our soul to acknowledge these things are issues. Yeah, definitely. We have a hard time interacting with the victims. We have a hard time feeling like a victim ourselves. And so it's when someone says, you know, this is what happened to me. Well, what did you do? You know, we want to see, well, what was your culpability in that? And it's just not, it's not the loving, compassionate, beneficial way to go about situations like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if there are any um, final thoughts or words or comments, we'll be on for about five um, more minutes. But Christina, uh, is there anything you want to say to, um, as, as we close you again, you are not on the hook to teach me how to be an anti-racist, uh, but to your black family, you know, to your uh, friends and sisters, to the LGBTQ plus community, to the, to the disabled community, you represent so many in these spaces. Uh, what thoughts do you have for self-care, taking care of yourself when this is all piled on top of us in, in a pandemic, right? I, I want to like right in the camera and say to everyone in the LGBTQ community, African-Americans, women, people with different abilities, like if you're feeling like there's nothing you can do, like you can't have an impact, just start with entertaining the idea that we can end racism, that we can see a landscape of equality for all of us. It's what we all want. It is the dream. It is what Martin Luther King Jr., was talking about, you know, it is the American dream. He wanted to see equality where we were all equal, where we didn't see stories like this so frequently or at all. So that's what I want to say. Feel empowered, feel encouraged, know that you can have an impact, know that you can bring about the change that you want to see in your life. Don't feel like your hands are tied. There's nothing you can do. It's gone on so long. It's out. Like it's not, it's, it, it is within your power to have impact. And I just want you to believe that. And then if we could share, um, what was it? The website, the 75 things that white people could do. And also the book about anti-racism, just start calmly educating yourself. You know, you don't have to take to the internet and start, you know, saying and doing any, just educate yourself. 
and be humble because we can all, you know, have, we can all have biases and prejudices and we do and we do. And that's what makes it difficult to interact with one another. So mm-hmm. feel empowered and take action. That's, that's my final thought on it. Thank you, Christina. The, the website will be in the chat below. So we'll share that with you all. If you want to follow Christina, go to her Instagram, Christina Ray Jackson, support all this great stuff she's doing and uh, be on the lookout for her new podcast that's going to come out under Brave Maker about disability, diversity in the arts with her co-host, Christine Burke, who's Miss California Wheelchair 2020. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that, that I can do, um, you know, as Brave Maker's founder, executive director, I, I need this, to be perfectly clear. I'm not trying to point a finger, although I hope you will benefit. I hope you will take action. I hope you will join me. I really... I really want to do this for me and for my family because I need to grow. And I know that I have been uh, a person in many leadership positions, not only in the arts community, in the faith community, in my city where I live, where I'm you know, talking live here in Redwood City, California. And I take responsibility for that, for making this community better and for my family and for my kids to grow in awareness that we all have a responsibility and one of the things on the list that, that uh, white people can do, uh, this is an easy thing, so is watch films. Uh, watch films that promote racial justice stories. Watch Fruitvale Station by Ryan Coogler. Um, watch Just Mercy that just came out with Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan by Destin Daniel Cretton. Watch uh, Blind Spotting, another friend of mine reminded me of that, an Oakland story. Watch these films and be willing to have these conversations humbly. That's why we exist. We, we love the fact that films are powerful story. Brave stories change the world. And you are the story. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> By the way, yeah, if you, want, if you want one of our T-shirts, you know uh, they are now available. You can go to our, uh, our website and get them, bravemaker.com slash merch. That's right, baby. All of these all of these, in all different colors, pink and yellow and black and all this sorts of stuff but wear it with pride and know that um all of your support even just watching and contributing here uh thank you for those who were uh kind and uh supporting and saying hello good dialogue keep it up from joseph thank you Uh, and if you felt um ruffled in any way and you would like to talk one-on-one with us we're open for that when shelter in place comes down uh, we hope we can have more of these type of dialogues that's kind of what we've prided ourselves on is doing these dialogues for, for the public and for community benefit. But until then, all of your support goes to building this online platform yeah. that we are going to be doing. We are going to be having more and more of these. If you want to be on our mailing list, go to bravemaker.com slash buzz to get the films. We have a slate of films coming out today, four films, all made by Latinx filmmakers and we will talk to them live on Friday afternoon. So I hope you can join uh, join us for that. Yeah, great. Thanks, right. Christina. Thank you, Tony. I'm happy. Thanks for this time. Remember, you are the story, everybody. Live it well. Until next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.